amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to My Strategy with author and personal growth coach John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision making possible. So now, please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hello and welcome, everyone. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. You're listening to My Strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Well, really happy to be here with you today, and I'm really glad that you could join us. Um, our episodes are on Saturdays uh, live and from 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today, we're going to be talking about the decision-making process, which, as uh, I'm painfully aware, isn't always that easy, and you might be as well. We're going to talk about the decision-making process, uh, some of the best times and worst times of the day to make decisions, and hopefully come up with some strategies to help you uh, with your decision-making progress. We'd love to get your thoughts and uh, phone calls as well. Uh, you can give us a call at the studio number at 866 451 145 1451 or give us uh, any, send us an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com and we still have our summer giveaway where we're giving away copies of my latest book coach to greatness and also a Starbucks gift card uh, the book's got terrific reviews 4.7 out of 5 and i understand the gift card has great reviews as well so uh, enter now uh, for your chance to get a hold your copy to get a hold of one of those uh, or both of them, to talk at johnmhawkins.com. Well, today we're going to be talking about the decision-making process. We're going to go through you know, the definition of decision-making. What's that all about? Talk a little bit about the good decisions we've made and some of the bad decisions. Have you ever had to make a decision under duress or stress? And how does that impact your decision-making process? Uh, we'll then talk a little bit about the best time to make decisions for ethical decisions, for moral decisions. Also, when is the best time to make a decision? Uh, when you have eaten, when you've not eaten, if you have to go to the bathroom or not. So there's a lot of research out there that suggests the best time for you to make a decision. We're then going to talk about some uh, tips to help you make better decisions around sending emails, scheduling meetings, 
uh, when to make those sales calls or when to ignore them, the dinner hour, and also some of the worst times uh, to uh, send email. We're then going to go through and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you can do to help build your own decision-making strategy. Well, it's good to be here with you today, and uh, today really is, I think, one of the best days to reflect on, um, you know, our work week or our personal week, and really to get a good appreciation for what we've done right, what we've done wrong, and decision-making is one of those things that you're going to do regardless of whether you're in a personal situation or business situation. So I want to start with the definition, according to Merriam-Webster, of what's Uh, decision-making is. It says here, the act or process of deciding something, especially with a group of people, the project will require some difficult decision-making. Also, all members of the organizations have a role in decision-making, and it's often used before another noun, the company's decision-making process. Well, that's pretty uh, specific to business. So I went to another definition, and this is from the Business Dictionary. Their definition is the thought process of selecting a logical choice from the available options. When trying to make a good decision, a person must weigh the positives and negatives of each option and consider all the alternatives. For effective decision making, a person must be able to forecast the outcome of the options as well. And based on all these items, determine which is the best particular choice for that situation. Well, that's a pretty complicated way to do it. I mean, we do make decisions on a daily basis, and you're going to find over this show, hopefully, there's some strategies we can use to help us make better decisions. I mean, and on a daily basis, we are forced to make a number of decisions. Some of those decisions are good, some of those decisions are bad, and decisions that we have to do, and we don't want to make those decisions, but we're forced into making them. And regardless of the merit of that decision or why we're making that decision, some of these decisions, even though they seem very innocent, can have a long-lasting impact on your life. And given these uh, decisions have an impact on your life, you know, I think it's fair to say that you really should start thinking about ways to improve your decision-making ability. And I personally believe that proper decision-making is something that can be learned, and it's something that you can perfect over time. You know, And some of these decisions are simple as, you know, what am I going to eat on a daily basis? Well, you might think that it's a simple enough decision of what you're going to eat, but over years of making that dis- choice and that decision of eating as you are could impact the, your livelihood. It could impact your future. It impacts your weight. It impacts how you feel, your energy level, and things like that. So even a seemingly innocent decision as what am I going to have for breakfast might not seem like that big of a deal, but it can have a lasting impact. I think also about the daily decisions and uh, you know options that we're brought to on a daily basis, uh, you know, with regard to a number of things. You know, am I going to spend that extra money on the lunch, or am I going to put the money in my savings account and save it? It might not seem like a big decision, but over time, these decisions actually can have uh, big impacts to our lives and the quality of of our lives. Um, I think decision making becomes simpler when you know the desired outcome. So for many of us, if we have to make a decision and the hard part comes when we're not ready for that decision and it's something that's forced upon us. Well, if something's forced upon us and we don't have all the information, then it becomes very difficult to make the decision. But if you have a good appreciation for what that desired outcome 
might be, then you might be able to make a better decision. So, for example, if you're in a, in a, a student somewhere and in a, a graduate or undergraduate program, it's pretty you know, obvious what your goal is there. Your goal is to get good grades, complete your, stu- your course of study so that you can move on to do whatever you want to do, whether it's graduate work or move on in, in your career. There is a specific outcome there that is you're driving towards. And because there's an outcome, it makes it pretty easy to know that if you decide to study and you decide to, you know, do as well as you can in your classes, you're going to get to that goal sooner. Whereas if you decide not to study and not to, it takes longer for you to get to that goal and could throw you off course altogether. So that's one of the things that I always think about when it comes time to decision making and really starting to think about this from a strategic perspective and thinking about those courses of actions that we can take. The other interesting thing that I mentioned briefly earlier is that a lot of decision making uh, comes down to the habits that we create. And there's actually ways that we can organize our day. We can organize our day so that we have the ability or we're in the best pos- best position to make the best choice decision. And I'm going to go into that a little bit later in the show. But essentially, if you're faced with a moral or ethical choice, did you know there's a specific time of day that you should be making that decision? Also, when it comes time to going to job interviews, there's a best time of day uh, to go for a job interview as well. Asking for a raise. So there's a lot of strategies that you can put into place here or that you can use, and these are tactics that you use in your strategies to be able to get to a point where you are making the best decisions and also um, you're able to get the best results from those decisions of those you're asking. You're listening to my strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. We're coming to you live from the BBN Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about the best time to make decisions. We'll be right back. Baby boomers face many challenges, and sometimes you have to reinvent yourself in order to stay on top. Sharon Ball, nurse practitioner and Christian life and wellness coach, can help. Sharon has written a book called Reinventing Yourself Today, and it can help you through the pangs of changing the course of your life. Whether you are looking to stay on track with new goals, a sensible program to help you shed unwanted pounds, or a full kick-butt life reinvention, Sharon can work with you. Follow your passions and live each day according to your dreams and free yourself from the expectations of others. Sharon comes from the heart and shares her own personal journey to reinvention with her clients. Other self-help books inspired her, but few gave her the steps to improve her life, so she created a plan that works. Stress no more. Let Sharon Ball open the door. Sign up for a complimentary life reinvention consultation today at tinyurl.com forward slash get started for free for more of what life has in store. Introducing betterhomeandgarden.com. That's www.betterhomeandgarden.com with just the letter N in Better Home and Garden. Betterhomeandgarden.com offers you the highest quality products on the market that are environmentally safe and effective and to make them available to you at the lowest possible prices. BetterHomeAndGarden.com understands that kind of creativity and do-it-yourself attitude. Thus, we developed our website, BetterHomeAndGarden.com. BetterHomeAndGarden.com offers you the following products right online. 
Baths, bedding, collectibles, crafts, sewing and hobby, food and beverage, furniture, home decor, kitchen and dining, lamps and lighting, large appliances, musical instruments, outdoor cooking, patio items, pet supplies, plant and garden, rug and floor coverings, small appliances, travel and luggage, and so much more. Better Home and Garden is an online retailer offering a wide variety of high-quality brand name merchandise at discount prices. Our service is personal and we aim to please. Visit us at www.betterhomeandgarden.com. Make your home your own. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. We're on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and you're listening to my strategy. Well, very happy to have you here today. Today, we're talking about decision-making and the decision-making process. Right before the break, we were talking about uh, the definition of decision-making and talking about good decisions and bad decisions. In this segment, I want to talk about the best time to make decisions for uh, ethical decisions uh, when you have eaten. So if you've eaten or not, that has an impact. Also, going to the bathroom. Is that a good time or a bad time to make decisions? The information I'll be relaying to you today is from an article by Heather Fischel. And it is uh, from an article that she wrote called The Best Time to Make Important Decisions. And she, like many of us, says decisions are rarely easy to make, and there's countless ways to mull over your options. Uh, she suggests that you pluck flower petals, uh, list pros and cons, or even uh, contact an, a psychic and get their advice. Well, that might be those might be some options for decision making. Uh, we do need some things that are a little bit more concrete. Well, in her article, she does discuss some fairly concrete ways that we can identify the best times to make some important decisions. Number one is uh, ethical. It's not obvious, but when you need to make an important moral or ethical decision, it is best to do first thing in the morning. She says, Boy, morning hours is the best choice. It has to do with your energy. According to a series of studies conducted at Harvard University, the University of Utah, we, have, uh, we behave most ethically when we're well-rested and fully energized. I had no idea, but that does kind of make sense. If you have uh, rest and you're energized and you're ready to go, it's the best choice, assuming you've had a good night's sleep. The studies found that when the chance to be unethical and cheat, participants did so on later in the day. And these researchers had split the participants up into two groups, one that performed complex math problems in the morning and one that did the same in the afternoon. And both groups were responsible for reporting their own scores. And overwhelmingly, those in the afternoon sessions lied about their performance. The second uh, thing she gives here is wait until you're full. Not all decisions have to be made before lunch. In fact, waiting until after you've eaten a fulfilling meal can help you make better choices when facing tough decisions. I know eating before I go to the grocery store helps me to spend less money at the checkout counter, but could it also help us with other decision making? In a study conducted by Shai Danzinger, the decision-making process of parole judges was examined where researchers discovered that there was a certain consistency in the judge's decision. A prisoner was more likely to be granted parole if their case was heard first thing in the morning or right after lunch. That's interesting to say. Well, I'm hoping I don't end up at any parole hearings in the near future. 
But if you do end up at one, uh, you stand a better chance if you are heard first thing in the morning or right after lunch. And they attribute this to the fact that um, choices that are made after meals are often much better because they take place after we have re-energized. In Danziger's research, judges tend to grant paroles fewer and fewer applicants as the workday drag on. But as soon as lunchtime ended, the judges were happy to offer parole to more prisoners. Utilize that need-to-go feeling? There's one more time of day that can help you make a decision that you won't regret later. Yes, when we have to pee. Uh, she says that we utilize a lot of self-control to keep our bladder in check. No matter how exhausted or depleted our energy levels are. We'll go to great lengths to avoid having an accident in public. And so this hold tight response affects our decision making ability as well. She says here, because we are already controlling the almost undeniable urge to let everything go, that we exhibit the same control when faced with choices. We're less likely to make impulsive decisions and we are more careful about weighing our options. After all, one wrong choice and everything might spill out on the floor. Isn't that true? The, the final one she has here is um, in regard to enhance your decision-making skills anytime. Improving your ability to make decisions doesn't have to be limited to a certain time of day or even specific urges. By increasing your energy throughout the day and avoid exhaustion uh, with frequent breaks and regular meals, you can make more sound decisions. I mean, this is pretty interesting to me, and it is founded on some research with regard to when we make our decisions. And I never really thought about it this way, but, you know, if you think about it, you have a friend, and they haven't eaten. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we say that they're hangry, and they're hangry means that they're hungry and angry at the same time. And I never really thought about this, but I guess that does impact their decision-making ability, but also our own decision-making ability. So it's not only important to meet, to find people or to have, to make decisions when we're in the best position possible, but also when you're having conversations with people, try and schedule your conversations around their energy levels. So if it's late in the day, and you need to go to an interview or you need to ask a boss for a raise, that might not be the best time to do it. It might not be the best time to do it because at the end of the day, a boss is tired. At the end of the day, you know, friends are tired. They want to relax. And those big decisions might be too much stress for them to deal with at that time. And as a result, you might not get the outcome that you'd expected. I think it's interesting, too, you know, so many times when we talk about the physiological reactions um, and how our bodies are so important, you know, if your body is stressed or tired or if you are hurt, that also uh, can be a time not to make major decisions. You don't want to make a major decision because you're so your body is so in tuned on healing itself and you're focused on this, you know, this hurt, this pain that you have that it can actually impact your ability to think clearly. So when you have big traumatic things happen in your life, they always say that you should put off making those very large decisions that could have lasting consequences. So, you know, when you have to make 
you know, large decisions, try and be as healthy as you can. And I also think it's important here that, you know, just from a, a pure, um, you know, health perspective, when you start to eat those things first thing in the morning that are healthy and start the day off right, it's going to help you uh, stand a better chance of making the best decisions or better decisions throughout the day. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to go through some decision-making tips and talk about the best time to send email, schedule meetings, uh, and when is the worst time to send email. We'll be right back. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. Uh, you're listening to my strategy. We're on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Well, so happy to be here with you today and glad that you could join us. Uh, today, we're talking about decision making. Right before the break, we're talking about some of the best time to make decisions. Well, on this segment, I want to talk a little bit about some decision making tips. Do you know when the best time to make certain uh, decisions are. We're going to talk uh, through a little bit uh, through some uh, advice that uh, Paul O'Donnell, who is the business editor uh, for a, a, uh, the Dallas News, uh, put together an article on the best worst times today to make ethical decisions, send email or be creative. So uh, he says plenty of well-worn time management advice tells us how we should plan our day. Do the most important thing first. Never check emails in the morning. Make a to-do list the night before. Don't schedule meetings right after lunch when everybody will be half asleep. 
But I think in this situation, he is a bit of a contrarian, and we're going to go into a little bit more detail as to what I mean by that. He says, from 6 to 8 a.m., send email. Now, as many of you might be aware, or if you're not, many books uh, from thought leaders uh, have written advising for us never to check email in the morning. The time management experts say not to get mirrored in our inboxes first thing, or we will not get the critical things done first. But of course, people do it anyway, grabbing their phone from their bedside and tapping away responses. So what he says here is because so many books are saying do not check your email, he's actually saying that sending email first thing might actually be the best time to do it. And this research was backed by uh, HubSpot that showed that the highest click-through rates from marketing emails is on those sent around 6 a.m. or potentially a bit later, which is interesting. A little bit of a, of a, of a contrarian there. The second one is 8 a.m. Make decisions about ethical dilemmas. And we talked a little bit about this before the break uh, in another study. It says, while there... While the time here is somewhat arbitrary, research from professors at Harvard University and the University of Utah, they're referencing a similar study, found what they called the morning morality effect. In four experiments of undergrads and working adults where they did the computer-based test, those participants were given the ability to cheat or lie. Well, it says, as, as we covered this earlier, um, it, you know, when you have to make a moral decision if you do it earlier in the morning, when you are nourished, uh, you have a better chance of making the better decision. 9 a.m., he says, avoid scheduling meetings. The hardest part about scheduling meetings isn't really finding the time when everyone will be involved and bright-eyed rather than half asleep. So when it's, fine, it's finding a time when everyone can actually attend, which is what Keith Harris, the chief technology officer of whenisgood.net, wrote. Uh, they examined some 2 million responses to 530,000 scheduled events. And they found the first thing in the workday is when the fewest people say they are, are available. Anytime before 10. So here they suggest do not schedule meetings at 9 a.m., 8 a.m., or 7 a.m. Rather, wait till after 10 a.m. to do it. For those sales-minded out there, they suggest do not make cold calls from 1 to 2 p.m., and especially on Friday. So one might think that the lunchtime would be a good opening for a new business lead when you can catch someone at their desk eating a sandwich. But research tells us that that's not the case. Uh, this was uh, research done by a professor in Korea whom CBS MarketWatch called the mad scientist of cold calling, found that the worst time of day to make unsolicited calls is between 1 and 2 p.m. Far better is late in the afternoon between 4 or 5 or first thing in the morning from 8 to 9 a.m. It says here that based on the research, the morning hour had 164% better results than the lunch hour in their test of more than 1 million participants. 1 million Actually, let me get this right. In their test of more than, yeah, 1 million cold calls. 2 to 3 p.m., schedule meetings, but only if it's Tuesday. So in addition to helping us find the worst time of day to try and get people around a table, uh, Harris also scanned the data to find the best. 
And the best time to schedule a meeting was Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Um, in the day and the time of week when most people are likely to accept the meetings, but also to attend those meetings. So at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, if you want to have a group meeting, uh, that would be the best time to do it. At about 4 p.m., they suggest do tasks that don't involve sending email. Uh, this is from uh, Volp at HubSpot says that if early morning is the best time to get people to act on an email, late afternoon is the worst. And for those of you who don't know what HubSpot is, they uh, have a platform that uh, gives you the ability to send out email and to be able to gain metrics from that email. So it tells the click-through rates and a number of other things. It's, it's what you get in your inbox, which is sometimes referred to as spam. Uh, but they have pretty complex systems behind the scenes that capture all that data. Uh, so the firm had analyzed millions of messages that shows that 4 p.m. has the lowest click-through rate of any time of day as people are in a hurry to get out of the office and check things off before heading out the door. Now, if you're getting ready for an interview, avoid a 4 to 6 p.m. interview at all costs. So if you catch, it says here, if you catch wind, the hiring manager is scheduled to interview several candidates over a single day or two, and you're applying, try not to be the last pack of the day. In a 2013 paper by professors from the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School and also Business Harvard, uh, Harvard Business School, researchers looked at MBA applicants and found that when five similarly qualified candidates were interviewed on the same day, the last one to interview received lower scores than they actually than they should have. So it, it's a phenomenon that is important to understand uh, when coming time to apply for a job. And the final one we have is 6 p.m. Do your creative work. Now this is a little bit counterintuitive here, but they suggest that if you're a morning person, that you will actually be more creative in the afternoon. And if you are an afternoon person, you will be more creative in the morning. And this is due to the fact that, um, you know, it's, it's a change of pace. It's a change of environment for you. So try doing your creative thinking in the morning if you're a late night person or in the afternoon if you are an early morning person. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. We're coming to you live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to go through some timeless rules for decision-making. We'll be right back. Essential Nutrients, LLC is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. 
Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach using social media and Skype to work with anyone, anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca. 819-360-3266. Now is your time. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. You're listening to My Strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. So happy to be with you here today and glad you could join us. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, in this show, we're talking about decision-making. Now, decision-making is not always that easy. We're talking about the decision-making process, a little bit about the best and worst times of day to make a decision. And ultimately trying to come up with some tips and tricks for you to start using in your decision-making strategy so that you can make the best decisions possible. Well, right before the break, we were talking about uh, giving you some decision-making tips. Um, In this segment, I want to go through some interesting uh, rules that uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Bregman has come up with uh, making tough decisions. And like all the other authors we've reviewed today, uh, he says that we spend an inordinate amount of time and tremendous amount of energy making choices between equally attractive options in everyday situations. And the problem is, while these may be equally attractive, they are also differently attractive with trade-offs that require compromise, even when deciding between a kale salad, which is the healthy and light choice, Salmon, heavier protein, and ravioli, which is tastier, but high carbs. Peter suggests that uh, these mundane decisions drag on our time and energy and can actually lead to fatigue. So we end up trying to make so many little decisions that we get tired of making decisions and it doesn't leave as much time for us to focus on the bigger decisions that we need to make. I don't know. How true is that? You know, how many times do you try and make so many little decisions throughout the day? And I never really thought about this before, but you're making a decision. What do I, how time do I get up? What salad, you know, eat salad or not? Uh, What do I eat for breakfast? What do I eat for lunch? If you have all these little decisions, I could see how one of two things could happen. Number one, you're going to get really good at decision making and you're going to know and build a habit and use that and make that uh, similar decision going forward. Or two, you could just end up with fatigue, which is what Peter suggests here. So he suggests a few methods for us to use. He says that the first method is to use habits as a way to reduce routine decision fatigue. The idea is that if you build a habit, for example, always eat salad for lunch, then you avoid the decision entirely and can save your decision-making energy for other things. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, It says here that that works for predictable and routine decisions. So if we have certain decisions that we have to make on a daily basis or weekly basis, 
get into a habit where you've pre-selected your options. And if you pre-select the options, then it makes it a lot easier. So if you say, when I eat lunch, I'm always going to have a salad. You focus just on the salad section of the menu, as opposed to looking at the entire menu and trying to figure out what it is that you're going to eat. And he suggested, you know, whether it was a salmon or whether it was uh, the high carb raviolis. His second method is uh, to use um, uh, thinking to routinize unpredictable choices. So we've got the predictable choices, which is, you know, the daily stuff. Then we've got the unpredictable ones. So he says here, for example, let's say someone constantly interrupts me and I'm not sure how to respond. So he creates this if-then rule. And so it says here that if the person interrupts him two times in a conversation, then he will say something. And these are two techniques or habits, uh, if then, can be used to help streamline many typical decisions we face in our lives, which is pretty interesting, right? I mean, if you have a predictable choice that you have to make and you have to make a decision, it makes sense that, well, I'm just going to you know, automate it or I'm going to pre-select it. And then when that comes up next time, I know exactly what decision to make. But what if you are faced in a situation where you're put into it? And there's unpredictable choices. So if you're having a conversation or talking and somebody interrupts you, then um, he comes up with these little rules. So if somebody interrupts him twice, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's a way to look at it. Um, he says, what we haven't solved for are the larger, more strategic decisions that aren't habitual and can't be predicted. And I think that's probably what we need to focus on here is, you know, looking at this from the perspective of if we're going to be putting together a strategy to be a good decision maker, how can we minimize our um, decision making fatigue by picking the, you know, outcomes for common everyday solution, uh, everyday decisions we have to make on a predictable basis? We can then look at um, another level, which are the unpredictable choices that could come to us. And he suggests we have some rules. The third type are these, these things that come up that don't really have, you know, we don't have all the information. We have a lot of information, but they might seem equally good choices. And that's when you might need to rely on um, your gut, and the way you do that is, let's say you've got two equal choices that you can make, and you're going back and forth, listing out the pros and the cons, and at some point, you've got so much information that you're not sure. So one way you can um, find out if you made the right decision is just pick one of the two choices. Just commit to that one choice and say, this is my decision, I'm going with it. And you can do that either by just picking it or by flipping a coin and say, heads one decision, tail the other decision. Well, as soon as you do the action of flipping that coin and that decision comes up and it tells you which one you have to do, you're either going to feel, and this is your gut telling you this, you're either going to feel good about that decision and it's going to feel comfortable, or you are going to feel that it isn't the right decision. So by using you know, some of these tips and tricks here to help kind of force you to make the decision can actually uh, be a good way for you to test your gut reaction because, you know, at the end of the day, it's very difficult to, you know, know the outcomes of something 
uh, without having all the facts, but you can get into a point where you're looking at analysis paralysis. And this is something that um, was was interesting. I was reading an article by Ratmir Tamasha. He's the CEO of Veeam, and he, he jokes, uh, they have an ongoing joke at their company that says, let's make an important critical decision based on little or no information. Well, I don't know if I suggest doing that, but that is uh, kind of along the same lines as the coin flip way of making a decision. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we can create our decision-making strategy. We'll be right back. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together, we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. We're on the VBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Uh, this is my strategy. Well, today we're talking about decision-making. And now it's not always easy, but there are tips, tricks, and strategies that we can be putting in place to help make the best decisions we can. So in this segment, I want to talk about how we can go about creating our strategy, creating our strategy so that we can make uh, better decisions. And uh, for friends of the show, you'll know that I have five basic areas that I always use when putting together a strategy. Now, this is a simplified framework. There are more complex frameworks out there, but for us and everyday decision-making, this should be good enough. So first and foremost, it's about the awareness, right? We want to realize that there's some vision, some goal. There's a bigger picture that we are trying to get to or achieve. So that's the first thing. The second is to assess and analyze where we take a look at our situation and doing some analysis can figure out 
what are those steps that we need to take? You know, we want to identify what isn't working, what is working. So as you go about looking at your decision-making um, ability today, where are you in your decision-making ability? Are you someone who focuses on the minutia and the small details, and that is where you spend the most amount of your time making decisions? You know, if, if that's where you are, uh, when we come to strategizing and planning, we're going to put a different course of action in place than if you're somebody who, you know, doesn't sweat the small stuff, has has decisions pre-made, has the ability to deal with, um, you know, things that come up that you weren't expecting. And maybe you need to put a strategy in place to help you with the bigger decisions. So, you know, that's really what we want to understand here is we want to assess and analyze so that we can ultimately come up with um, – our current state, our current situation, and in knowing our current situation, it gives us the ability to strategize and plan. And that's the third pillar. Is the, strate- the third tenet here is to strategize and plan. And so to come up with some ideas or to give you some ideas of ways you can strategize and plan, um, I'm going to lean on Beth Burgess. And Beth Burgess wrote an article called Seven Questions You Should Ask Yourself When Faced with a Tough Decision in Life. Tough decision in life. Number one, she says, if I don't do this now, will I regret it? Will I regret it if I don't do this now? What am I afraid of is number two. You know, in many cases, we do get stuck with decisions. And sometimes the positive choice that we could make, we're scared to make it because we're afraid of success or we're afraid of failure. One of the two. She then suggests number three should be, what does my heart say? And this goes into kind of your core values and your gut instincts. And as we talked about, the coin flip can indicate whether or not your gut is engaged. Um, But also, maybe you need to be talking and thinking about this decision earlier in the morning after you're energized, after you have had food in your system. So um, what does my heart say? What am I really doing this for? Many times we're doing things because we have to do them, and there's a decision that has to be made. Or are we looking at a decision that you want to make? Well, that can actually, um, you know, those are two different priorities. And, you know, those both have different um, techniques that we need to use when it comes time to making the decisions. So she says, what am I really doing this for? The next one is, who am I really doing this for? And this goes to when you need to think about, you know, your vision of what you want to do. And are you in making this decision forced or helping somebody else's agenda? Or is this something that you're doing and is going to help you? So those are things you can think about. She then suggests, will I like myself after this decision? I hadn't really thought about that one, and that's a good one to probably add to my decision-making process. But will I like myself after this decision? I try and put others, you know, first when making decisions, but, you know, that's a good one. And then finally, can I cope with the fallout? And uh, as we discussed earlier in the show, you know, these choices, as she suggests, are like a domino. When you make one decision, it paves the way for another decision to occur, and you can end up then going down one path and forced to make decisions that you might or might not be too comfortable about. So as you're thinking about your strategizing and planning, 
you might start to think about some of those questions because those questions can help you think through that process and think through what it is that you are trying to achieve. Now, in many cases, the courses of actions and the things that we're doing are habits, and it becomes very difficult for us to get out of those habits, right, when you create a bad habit. So if you think about those courses of actions and then start to put together a plan to come up with a new set of actions that you can do. So with that plan, your plan could be rather than waking up every morning and saying, what do I want to eat? You could come up with a plan that says, when I wake up every morning, I will eat and give yourself three choices. That's a much easier thing to do with regard to decision making than the converse, which is to say, when I get up in the morning, I'll decide what I want to eat. Now, this can be done with a number of things. It can come down to when you're sending your email, when you're making big decisions, you know, when you're asking for a promotion. If you can come up with a system in place that utilizes some of these tactics, you then have the ability to automate and make your decision-making process that much easier because you've limited the number of choices that you will could make. So a simple one would be, as we discussed earlier, when I go to lunch, I have a salad or I have a sandwich. Well, that's easy enough to do. Now, every time you're at lunch, you have a salad or a sandwich. Now, these are overly simple ideas, but if you can alleviate some of these decision-making steps throughout the day, it frees up your mind to focus on the bigger decisions. Now, you always need to implement your plan, and by implementing your plan, it means not that you've thought about this and you're going to do it, but actually that you are going to do it and you have to do it. You must make yourself accountable, implement the change. And once that change is implemented, then you're going to need to support and evaluate that decision. Is my choice to decide to eat a salad for lunch working? Do I feel better about myself? Am I you know, able to free up for other decision making? So all of that comes into play as you're putting together your strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. This is my strategy. We're on the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about putting your plan in place. We'll be right back. Patricia Fayweather Harlow is passionate about the environment and conserving our natural resources. She's written a five-part book series for all ages called Rock with Rodney and Party with Perky to Preserve Wildlife which brings awareness through these vibrant characters on preserving and protecting our national parks and historic landmarks. Harlow has launched a campaign to mobilize green supporters, informing a united front against big oil, big coal, and the Keystone XL pipeline. And she addresses the controversial practice of fracking in books four and five. She's determined to bring greater awareness to the dangers of drilling and running crude oil through pipelines that cut through pristine landscapes. And she empowers readers to take action in keeping America beautiful. To learn more about Patricia Fayweather Harlow and to purchase her books, visit www.patricia-fayweather-harlow.com. That's F-A-Y-E-R-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. And play your part in preserving the landscape that we all share and love. Hi, my name is Myra Fox, and I am a survivor. 
I am the founder of the Castle Lewis I Survived Foundation and the author of a series of books entitled I Survived a Murder Untold, which tells the story of my sister and I who were abandoned and left in the care of a woman who beat us repeatedly. Unfortunately, it resulted in the death of my sister, Castle Lewis, which is revealed in a page-to-page -page chilling story. After spending time in the foster care system, I've documented my suffering and my loss and ultimately my survival. I'm blessed to work daily in my community and surrounding areas to give back by helping others and feeding the homeless. I want to spread awareness of the dangers of abuse. You can purchase my books and contribute to the Castle Lewis I Survive Foundation by visiting www.castlelewis.com or you can call us at 540-999-8401. Thank you. Hello and welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. You're listening to my strategy. We're on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Well, so happy to have you with us here today. Glad you could join us. Uh, in this show, we've been talking about decision-making and how it's not always that easy. Uh, real quick, as a reminder, I want to let you know that we do have our summer giveaway where you can get a copy of uh, Coach to Greatness, which is my latest book, and also a Starbucks gift card. Uh, if you send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com, uh, this week we're looking for stories about decision-making process, uh, your decision-making process, or decisions you've had to make. And uh, like I said, we have a limited number of Coach to Greatness books to give away, uh, but that is the giveaway for this week. So if you send us the email uh, and also include your address, we'll be uh, happy to enter you into that. Now, the second thing is, if you miss this broadcast, you can find us on iHeartRadio or Apple iTunes uh, and also the BBM Global Network. Uh, the, all of our uh, shows are live now, but they will be podcast and available there. So this week we've been talking about decision-making uh, process. We've talked about the best and the worst times to make decisions. We've talked about the definition of decision-making. You know, have you ever made a bad decision or a good decision? I've talked a little bit about how, you know, our decision-making process changes when we're under duress or when we're under stress. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the best time to make those decisions. When it comes time to making a moral or ethical decision, it's best to make that early in the morning or, um, you know, when you are full of energy. You know, we heard about the, uh, the situation and the research that was done uh, with the parole officers, when cases were likely to be heard late in the morning or right after lunch, they had a better chance of getting uh, paroled as opposed to those decisions that were late in the day. So as you know, we start to think about our own decisions and our decision making, you know, having a full belly can help. We also learned that you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, that forces us to uh, have some constraint. And that constraint is very similar to what we sometimes need to do with our decision-making. So looking at our biologies and our bodies and, you know, being in tune with those different cycles can help us to make better decisions. We've also talked a lot about when is the best time to send emails, schedule meetings. If you're a salesman making your sales calls, we learned that Tuesday – at 3 p.m. is the best time to set up a call if you want people to participate. Reason being is that Tuesdays um, is earlier in the week, 
and people are more available because it's right after lunch. The second thing is a lot of, of um, work is due by Friday. So Tuesday is one of those days when people have more free time to join those meetings. Uh, we also learned that, um, you know, you can have um, a varying number of different types of decision makings around those that are common decisions, those that are, you know, that come at us and we're not really prepared for them. So this all comes down to being able to break your habits, becoming aware of those patterns, you know, and you really need to start thinking about and consciously prioritize it. Are you good at making decisions? Are you not making good at decisions? Are you not good at making decisions? And all of that is going to help you with clarity and figuring out, you know, what is a, what are the options for you? It's not going to, you know, guarantee that is the best outcome for you, but at least it's going to give you enough information so that as you start to put some of these tactics in place and start to build your strategy, you're going to eliminate all of those little mundane decisions that have to be made. And it's going to free up your time so that you can really start to focus on those decisions that require much more effort. And that's the important thing here is being able to um, figure out which decisions to focus your important time on rather than those that are not as important to you. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time this week. Again, if you've missed this broadcast, you can listen on iHeartRadio and also Apple iTunes. If you'd like to have something covered on the show, uh, send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com or call us at 1-844-MY-STRATEGY. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. You're listening to My Strategy. We're on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio. So glad you could join us. We'll see you next time. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.